hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 472 and session number 146 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here on the podcast. I do it every single Friday, and here we go again. We're going to do it today, and I am excited that you guys are all here to join me. And if you guys are new to the podcast or to an Ask Scott session, I want to welcome you in. This is kind of our our coffee table talk. This is where we sit around that table that I always talk about with a cup of coffee or tea or you know whatever beverage you enjoy, and we just we we talk about business and life and uh, and really how to go out there and create a freedom lifestyle business. And today I'm going to be answering some more questions on this session. And let me just give you a little brief overview of what we're going to be talking about. Number one, we're going to be talking about someone that had gotten ranked, but the sales are still slow. So we got to figure that out. We're going to talk about that. Got some. I've got some thoughts there. We've got a pay-per-click and variations question, and we also have a shipping and potential snags uh, coming through that uh, we got to discuss here as well. So those are the three main things we're going to be talking about today. Let me remind you that if you have a question that you want me to answer on an upcoming Ask Scott session, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask, and then leave a voicemail there. All I ask is just leave your first name, maybe where you're tuning in from, and then a brief question, and I'll do my best to air it here on an upcoming Ask Scott session, okay? That's all you got to do. Just go there and ask a question, and uh, yeah, we could possibly, uh, we could be talking together just like this, all right? So the show notes to this episode can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 472, and any links that I talk about, any resources that I talk about can be found there on that show notes page. Transcripts, everything is there, okay? Now, the one thing I want to do this week is I want to give you guys the last two episodes and kind of give you like what has happened because some of you guys come in at just the end of the week. Maybe you just tune in for the Ask Scott sessions, but I want to kind of give you guys stuff that we talked about in this past week. I mean, there's a lot of stuff we talked about this month so far, but in this past week, because sometimes you miss it or sometimes you just maybe don't go back to the blog or maybe your feed. So anyway, I want to talk about these two really quickly. Episode 470, we talked about something that a lot of people ask me about, and that is business cash flow and when to pull profits. When is the right time to pull profits? That one there is going to be episode 470. It is ep- actually episode 470. It's already up. It's already published. And uh, you guys can go back and listen to that if you've missed it. All right. Now I'll, I'll link that up in the show notes. The other episode is 471 and that one there is packed full of information. And I know that uh, people wanted this, people needed this. And this was three tips to find top keywords to increase product sales. And I linked to a bunch of uh, resources there, a couple of videos of me actually walking you through a little bit of the how-to and actually looking over my shoulder. So definitely 471 is going to be one you're definitely going to want to go check out. All right. And I just said definitely a lot. So you definitely want to go check that out. All right. Now, before we jump into today's questions, I did want to give you my thoughts for this week. And this here really came, uh, it was funny how I found this note. Um, I found this note in my luggage that my wife had uh, had put a little note in when I was leaving. When I travel sometimes, um, she will actually put a little note in there. Yeah, I know it's cute and all. And we've been married for 23, 23 years and we're still doing those cute things. Um, you know, so yeah, she left me a nice little note. And uh, this one here was a note that was all the way back from like one of my first times speaking at an event. And the note said this, and it was from a Zig Ziglar quote uh, or saying, and uh, this is what it said. Fear 
has two meanings. Forget everything and run or face everything and rise. Man, that second one sounds pretty good, right? Like face everything and rise, rise to the occasion, rise to the challenge. Like that right there says it all. And most of us will forget about it and they'll just, they'll just run. Like that's, that's the normal reaction, right? We want to run away from pain. Like that's what we do. Like we don't like pain. Who likes pain? No one. But the one thing that I will say is every time that I've ever felt a little bit of fear creep into my life or into my mindset. And anytime that I've overcome that, or I've pushed myself a little bit to get past it, most of the time, good things happened, or it led me to something that was going to happen in the future. That could have been a connection that I made. It could have been a business move that I was afraid to do because I didn't know if it was going to work. And if it didn't work, I was going to feel like a failure. I was going to feel like I put all this energy in it. It didn't pay off. Like I've had those thoughts. I've had those things happen. All right. I mean, I can remember going back all the way to when I was a contractor and you guys that have been following me for a long time, you know, my story episode 300. If you guys missed my story, the amazing forward slash 300, go check it out. I believe that's the one. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I know that feeling because I was working full time for my father's company. My wife and I started a part-time photography business on the side, something we wanted to do. Uh, we did that, knew nothing about the business and we were a little nervous doing it. We did it. We proved to ourselves we could do it. We learned it. We started getting a good clientele base. And then there was a decision that we had to make. Scott, do you leave your job? And it was scary. I only had probably at that time, maybe four or $5,000 in a savings account, if that, and that there was going to pay my bills for the upcoming month. Like I didn't have any other, you know, means of income other than I had my safety net. That was, you know, if for some reason this thing doesn't work out, I can always, uh, you know, I could always go out and swing the hammer like that. I always had that, you know, to, to kind of fall back on, but I still was afraid. I didn't want to do it. And then, you know, leave my company. And then my father's partner being like, told you so, you know, like one of those things didn't want that. Uh, and you know, I was a little afraid. I was nervous. I was, you know, fearful of, of what that was going to be like. And then I had a family at the time. I had two kids at the time. I have three now, but I had two, you know, I had my, uh, my daughter and I had my son. My son was only like two at the time. He's 20 today or going to be 20, uh, you know, so it, it was scary, you know, and, uh, you know, but I, you know, I, I faced it and my wife who, who left me this note, ironically, uh, you know, she pushed me a little bit and she said, listen, like, what's the worst that's going to happen? You know, you're going to go out there and you're going to find work. Uh, because you know, there's a ton of work in this area and you're, you've got a lot of people that you've worked for already and it's not going to be a problem. I don't think you're going to have to, but you always have that. So she had to kind of talk me off the edge a little bit. Like she's always been that one that's done that. Um, so again, you know, we have to realize that not everything is going to work out, but we have to push ourselves to see what could happen. Because the other question you got to ask yourself is what if I don't do this? Like if you're in a situation right now that you feel like you're, you know, you're chained to your desk every day and it's, you're miserable and you're bringing that home and you're, you're now not, you know, you're not good to your, your wife or you're not good to your kids or you're not present or you're just, you know, just miserable in general. If that's you, then you got to ask yourself, what's it going to be like if I don't do this? Well, you're going to be that same person. Maybe you you don't know. Right. And to me, it's like, whenever you do something, you learn through that process. You learn so much through that process. So anyway, to get back to that little note that was left, uh, you know, and uh, actually, you know, I'm going to leave that note 
I'm going to leave the piece of paper. It's kind of crinkled up and stuff. I'm going to leave that note on the show notes page. So if you want to see that note, definitely go check out that, uh, that image. Um, pretty, pretty awesome that I found that and I showed my wife and I was like, wow, look at that. Look what you did for me. That really helped too. Cause I remember reading that. So again, fear. Okay. Big capital letters. Write this one down. Maybe fear F E A R has two meanings. Okay. Forget everything and run or face everything and rise. All right. And that was Zig Ziglar that gave us that, that quote of his. And, uh, I love it. I love it. And I I appreciate my wife for sharing that with me and now me getting to share it with you guys. So, uh, anyway, write that one down. All right. Write that one down and believe in yourself and know that everything isn't going to be perfect, but you will learn and you will, uh, you'll make it. You'll truly make it if you want it. All right. So, all right, let's go ahead. Let's go. Let's get into this. Let's, uh, listen to today's first question. I'll give you my answer and, uh, we'll kick this baby off. What do you say? Let's do it. Hey, Scott, this is Neela and I'm up in Alberta, Canada. want to have a big uh, thank you to you. Uh, you're one of the big reasons that I've managed to launch a product on amazon.com and, uh, in the last six weeks, I've managed to rank it onto page two for my uh, big broad keyword. My question is that uh, despite the fact that I'm on page two, which I thought was really good, and I'm surrounded by people who their ranking t- uh, tells me that they're doing really well, I don't seem to be selling as much as I thought per day. I'm selling like two or three a day. And I thought by the time I got myself ranked, you know, spent all the money on PPC, that I would be selling, say, a dozen a day you know, and upwards, not like two or three a day. Do I just need to give it time? Do I need to be ranking for multiple keywords instead of just the one sort of big broad keyword? Uh, Just looking for some help on that uh, as I kind of go to step two, which is I've got myself ranked where I thought I wanted to be, but I'm just not seeing that daily um, sales volume I expected. Okay, thanks and appreciate everything you've done. Bye-bye. Hey, Neela, thank you so much for the question. And uh, I love this question. Number one, because you've taken action. You are ranking on page two. So that means that you've done something. And uh, you are seeing some results. Two, three sales a day. You know, bravo. Like, great job. Like, some people think about doing it and never do it because of that thing we just talked about, that fear thing, right? You did it. You're learning through the process. And uh, this is a great question because I think you're going to learn from this question. Uh, and I, I think that I, I can probably answer it and give you some advice. All right. Now, I did talk about this week, a past episode that I did that talked about finding your keywords. And then also I talked about another video that I showed of me kind of going through the whole ranking process and everything. First off, you're on page two. Okay. Page two to me is good but you're not going to be seeing your sales coming from page two for the most part. Most people are not going to page two. They just aren't, okay? So my hunch is that you are probably not getting those sales from even that ranking. You're probably getting somewhere else, maybe a long long tail phrase that came in from somewhere else. Maybe that's what happened. Uh, But you could be, but I can't say for sure. So your first thing would be this. On page one, for your competitors, for your, you know, your other sellers that are selling your similar product, if you go to page one and you pull those numbers, if you look at those numbers of what they're doing per day or per month, like what are those numbers? So what are you, 
What are you possibly able to achieve if you get ranked on page one? That kind of tells you how much work do you want to do to get to page one? Okay. So that's the first question you got to ask yourself. Now you may find that, you know, on that next page, everyone's doing maybe only, you know, eight sales a day. Right. And you're like, okay, but they're overall, they're, they're, you know, they're listing themselves or their product themselves are doing way more than that. Maybe they are doing 15 units a day then that tells you that they're ranking for miscellaneous keywords. They're not ranking. That might not even be their primary keyword. You might be setting your sites on the wrong keyword. All right. So going back to the episode that I just recently did on how to find your top keywords, that would be a great exercise for you, especially where I talked about scope because that allows me to look at a seller and it allows me to look at a little bit of behind the scenes of that seller to see what keywords they're ranking for, but then also which ones that scope believes they're turning into sales. Okay. So we can't say for sure if that's hundred percent accurate, but we can get a good idea. And then you can say, Oh, wait a minute here. I'm, I'm not ranking for these three keywords. So maybe I got to start setting my sights on those. So that's kind of where I would start with you. I would look at that. The first part is, like I said, you might want to just do a check on the first page. What are they doing? Now, again, if you want to get to, to page one, the other video that I did, which I'll link the, I probably should do that. I'll probably should link to that episode, but also link to those videos here as well. Again, going to YouTube on my channel, um, I'm publishing more of that stuff now. So definitely go subscribe to the YouTube channel, guys, theamazingseller.com forward slash YouTube. And if you go there, you can subscribe, hit that little bell icon. You'll be notified when I release new how-tos. And if you guys have any how-tos or anything that you want me to cover on a YouTube live or on a YouTube lesson or tools that you want me to look at, let me know because I'm going to be publishing more in 2018 on the YouTube channel. So definitely go subscribe to the channel and, uh, and, and drop a comment there. All right. But I talked about that ranking process. So for you, you're now let's say that you do do this exercise and you go, you know what? Yeah. If I get to page one, those guys are doing 15, 20 units a day. Okay. So now we got to do some work to get there. So my next question would be, how are you going to get 15 sales a day for seven to 14 days? Okay. So again, you guys see how I'm asking questions. I'm always asking questions back to myself. All right, let's see. We got to reverse engineer what we need to do to get there. But first we have to figure out if that is actually the keywords that are, you know, driving most of the sales for those other sellers. So that's the first question. The second question is, yes, they are. Okay. Now, how do we get 15 sales a day and how can we make sure that we're optimized for those keywords? How do we get those sales? So if we, if we go back to our list building exercise that we've talked about before and we've built a list, now we're going to do a promotion. Now we're going to send out an email to our list and we're going to say, we're going to run a 25% off discount or a, even a 50%. Maybe it's worth you doing a 50% off discount for three days. You know, you can contact your, your email list that you've built and say, we're going to run this for the next three days. You send out three emails. One is announcing it. The second one is a reminder that it's going to be ending. And the third one is a final reminder that it's ending and, you know, hurry up and get, get this deal before it's gone. Like there's the three emails, right? And we talk all about this in our list building workshop, theamazingseller.com forward slash build list. Again, I'll link all this up in the show notes, guys. But all of the resources are there for you guys to understand how to kind of go backwards in this process, because that's kind of what we're doing here, right? We're, we're going back. If you and I were sitting down at this table together and we're having this coffee, which I do have a nice cup of coffee here today, by the way, and it's delicious, but we would be 
going back and forth with these questions and I'd be making notes. I'd be like, okay, you're telling me this. Okay, let's pull up this. Let's, let's look at the numbers. Let's look and see. Oh, wait a minute here. No, that's not that. Wow. There's five keywords that they're ranking for because I use scope and it's telling me that these are the five keywords that are driving most of the sales. So maybe I got to look into those keywords. That's what we're going to do here. So those are some questions to ask yourself. And I think if you do, you're going to come up with your answer. Um, what I want you to do though, is I want you to definitely uh, email myself, uh, Scott at theamazingseller.com and let me know, let me know what's happening and let me know if that helps and, uh, and keep me posted on that progress. And anyone else that's dealing with this stuff, like you got to think about how to reverse kind of like where you're at. Like if you're, if you're here, like, and you're only getting two to three sales and you're ranking on page two, that's great and all, but you're not on page one. If you get to page one, are the sales going to warrant you, you know, your, your efforts, like, or is it, is it a different set of keywords? And again, going back through this process, you can kind of see where I'm going. Um, and again, I, I haven't mentioned scope all that much. I'm probably going to do a whole episode on it because I think it, it, and probably some video lessons on it as well, because I think it's, it's a powerful tool. It also works really good with ignite, which is your pay-per-click management tool. Um, but scope, you can, you can purchase it all on its own. Um, if you guys are interested in scope, I am affiliated with seller labs, big promoter of those guys. I'm a big fan of those guys. Jeff Cohen, good friend of mine, um, the amazing forward slash scope and, uh, check it out. And, uh, like I said, it's, it's a tool that's going to help you see this data a little bit clearer. All right. So let's go ahead and move on to the next question. All right. Let's, uh, let's listen to this question and I'll give you my answer. Hi, Scott. My name is Yol from New York. Thank you for your, um, all the videos, the broadcast that you do for free. It's really amazing information that you give to us. Thank you so much. I have friends from Israel that are listening to you every new video. So I have a question. I have a, um, a product that it's an all family. And, and in this product, I have 22 variations. And in every, every single product is using... 95% of the same keywords and every variation has between like two and 10 children. This means I have a total of 70 or 80 variations, um, not variations, listings. So I wanted to know what, what to do about the PPC. They're all using the same keyword, keywords and what's I'm going to be competing against myself. Each listing is going to take the same keywords. So I wanted to know what will you recommend doing in my case? Thank you so much and um, waiting for your reply. Um, it's an honor leaving you a comment. Thank you so much. Hey, y'all, thank you so much for the question. And I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, didn't feel right, but hopefully I did. But anyway, I want to thank you. And yeah, uh, the listeners over in Israel, I want to give a shout out to you guys because I've been getting a lot of questions from you guys over in Israel. And who knows, maybe we'll have to do a TAS meetup there one day. <laughs> That'd be pretty amazing. So uh, yeah, give a little love to the listeners over in Israel. So thank you for the the uh, the question. And it's a good one. Uh, here, here's the deal though. And it's not going to be that complicated really to answer this. Number one, it sounds like you have a crap load of variations. Okay. A ton. And to some people that could be overwhelming. You got to optimize them all. You got to manage them all. Right. Like, there's a ton there and I get it. Right. So what I want you to do is I want you and anyone else in this situation to focus on maybe five, 
maybe 10 at the, at the, the most. Now, if you have one product, a parent listing with like 12 child listings, or, you know, child variations, I guess, is what you would kind of look at that as, or anyone that's tuning in for the first time, a parent listing is like the main, and then you have like variations underneath that. So they call it parent child. Uh, so, you know, even there you might want to figure, okay, well, I have a red one and I have a black one and I have a blue one and I have a yellow one, but the yellow one is the one that most people are buying. So obviously that's going to be the one you're going to want to use as your driver for, or, you know, the one that gets attention for when you're advertising. And you also mentioned like everyone else is advertising for the same keywords. Yeah. That's kind of how it works, right? If you find that, you know, the garlic press is the thing that everyone's searching for, you're going to do that. So that's why your images need to be really good. Your, your title needs to be good. Your bullets need to be like, all that has to be good because, you know, you're competing with the visual at first, but obviously to get ranked there, we got to get sales. So again, to do a launch for all of those SKUs, that's going to be crazy. But if we can do a launch for the yellow one variation of the parent, then we can drive sales through that. Okay. So I think the biggest bit of advice I could give you is we got to narrow it down. So you got to ask yourself this question. What are the top five or 10 SKUs that you could focus on? And then from there, I would take my pay-per-click budget. I would take my pay-per-click energy and I would focus on those, right? And then I would start to add a couple additional ones. Once you start to get things going and you start to get organized and you start to, to me, it, it almost feels overwhelming just talking about it that you have that many SKUs. Like it, it makes me kind of like, you know, feel as though things are a little bit of a mess. So what I want to do is I want to kind of, okay, let's, let's cut through all that stuff. Let's just focus on, like I said, five to 10 max. I would start with five personally, especially because you got five with like another 10 variations under that. But I would picture you having five and then from there, one variation of those five. So then, you know, that way there, you're only dealing with five things. Now that doesn't mean that you might, you might get someone's attention with the yellow version. And then from there, they come into your listing and they see you have 10 other variations. They might buy one of the other ones and they might buy two, one red, one blue, or one yellow, one blue, one, one black or whatever, right? So you're going to have more opportunities once you get people in, but we have to look and see what other ones are, um, are drawing the attention. And you can look at that by your own sales numbers. Now, if you don't have a lot of sales numbers, and that's the next question people would say, well, I don't have a lot of history yet. Then you got to look at your competition. If your competition is selling and they've been selling for a little while, well, then we have to look at their history. And a good way to do this is you can use a tool called Keepa.com, or you can go right to Amazon and search for your keyword and they're ranking somewhere. And then in their ranking, you're going to see which one, which one out of that, out of all their variations is showing up. If it's the red one, then the red one is probably selling the most. So that's the one that you would probably want to, to do, right? So this is what I would do in your situation. I would try to get it, get it kind of like, you know, dialed in as far as like how many SKUs can you manage and then focus all of your energy on those. And then from there, I'd start to hone in on, on the keywords that's driving most of the sales. And then I would start to add a few here and there. And that could be just on a broad keyword search that you might want to plug one in. And then you're going to look at the data later in the reporting and say, oh, wow, I put this one broad term in, but it, it brought in three other search term uh, keywords that, you know, had different 
add-on words, and then you can kind of learn from there. But the biggest takeaway here for you is just you, you got to get focused on less product and, and really hone in on the ones that are going to be drivers for your business. All right, so hopefully this helped you or anyone else in this situation. And I'm a big believer in broadening products and kind of going wide a little bit. But in this case, you've, you've went really wide. So we got to, we got to slow that down a little bit and we got to focus on the ones that are going to be drivers. And then from there, we can bring people in with those drivers and then we can start to widen out slowly. And I think that's the key word here, slowly, slow and steady. All right. So hopefully this helped you keep me posted though. And Hey, shout out to Israel. Let's give those guys some love. All right. So let's go ahead and, and uh, let's, let's answer one more quick question here on today's episode and uh, then we'll wrap it up and uh, let you guys get on with your day and get out there and take some action. What do you say? Let's do it. Good afternoon, Scott. Uh, my name is Adam Buddy. Um, I'm brand new on getting into the Amazon FBA business. I've done all my research, my homework. I know good marketing skills and all that jazz. Um, the only real question I have for you, my friend, is that um, I'm wondering if some way um if i were to get my chinese supplier um to send my stuff straight to amazon fba through a courier service such as dhl if there's anything i need to know about in the middle um i'm located in canada i'm hoping to ship into the states i'm just wondering if there's anything that's going to stop it at the border or um somewhere in between or if my order is going to go straight to amazon um like i said i'm pretty sure I know everything I need to know. I'm just worried about this one last thing. And if maybe a freight forwarder might be the better way to go, or if I can just have the freight carrier take it right from my supplier. And I hope you have a great day, man. Thank you so much. Hey, Adam, welcome to the FBA world. <laughs> You're coming in. It sounds like you have um, some good background as far as in marketing or business in general. So yeah, you should be able to uh, to do really well. So I'm rooting for you and uh, keep me posted as well. Uh, but yeah, let me answer that, that question really quickly. And anyone else that's, that's uh, listening and, and wondering about shipping, shipping can get people hung up, to be honest with you. And in your situation, you are going to be shipping directly in. So it's a little bit different because, you know, you want to make sure of a couple different things. Number one, you want to make sure your quality control is spot on. Uh, if you are not having it inspected, I definitely advise you to do that. Number one, get it inspected. Okay. And I know that's not about your shipping, but I'm going to get into that in a second, but that's something I would definitely be saying like, listen, make sure you get it inspected. Cause the last thing you want to do is have product shipped in it's faulty. And then you got to have it shipped out. Like you do not want that to happen. The one thing that I would say is you can do it yourself, but the one thing that you want to make sure is that you understand the, the code, okay, that your product is being shipped as. And there's all different, uh, there's tariff code, all, all that stuff that you're going to have to know when you are putting that through and if you're taking care of it yourself. That's why I personally would not probably advise that you do it yourself. I would lean on either my manufacturer or my supplier and I would use their shipping company. It could be DHL, it could be... Uh, you know, it, it could be UPS. It, it could be any of those. They usually have their own and they do have their own kind of customs department and you can even call them and ask them. Um, but your manufacturer is going to be able to tell you that code of the type of product because that could, that could send a red flag. If you do not have the right code or if the code is something that needs 
extra, uh, you know, extra looking at because uh, as it's crossing the border, there's certain regulations. You you want to know that like beforehand, right? And you also want to know, uh, you know, that someone else, especially like your manufacturer, has been through this before. So you kind of want to lean on them a little bit. If you want to allow like someone else on the outside, like a freight forwarder to do it, um, my recommendations would be Flexport. Um, I've talked about Flexport in the past. Um, They are a freight forwarding type company. Um, They will kind of walk you through that process. They have a ton of resources that they can help you with. So if you have any questions to make sure that things are dialed in from the beginning, Um, So I would definitely lean on those guys. Um, I am associated with those guys as well. Um, Good people and a solid company. So again, if you want to check out Flexport, um, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash Flexport. And I believe they have a cool little offer for first time TASers that take uh, take them up on, uh, on their first shipment. And, uh, and getting things set up. So definitely check out theamazingseller.com forward slash Flexport. All right. And uh, they've been great. They've been really great. Uh, a lot of people have used them and they swear by them. And, uh, you know, I'm actually going to be having uh, one of the uh, one of the uh, marketing guys on here soon. And we're going to we're going to kind of dig into a little bit more on this topic because I know it's a it's a popular topic because a lot of people want to know the ins and outs. And these guys are like right there in the trenches doing this every single day. Um, But I would say for you, you definitely want to make sure that uh, you know what it's being shipped as because certain materials will throw a red flag and you do not want to get hung up in customs because then you may have to pay a large fee to get it released. And uh, and then from there, you're going to be paying like $3 more per unit maybe. Um, The other thing is, is if you can keep your first order under like two or $3,000, that will probably help as well. Now, it's not all the time. I had this happen to me um, not that long ago, probably about a year and a half ago, maybe longer now, kind of hard to remember. Uh, but I had an order, I, I was having orders maybe about $2,500 and everything was fine. The minute I bumped that up, the value of the order up to about five or $10,000, I started to notice that they were getting stopped at customs more often. And then come to find out they had a little threshold there that said, if you have shipments that are over a certain amount or number, uh, that they would, um, they would stop it and do a, a more thorough check. And then from there, that would also bump up your percentage as far as your customs fees and stuff. So To get started, you probably want to keep that order down a little bit or at least have them maybe break it up into different orders so it's not one big chunk of an order. Um, So that's another little bonus tip there for you. Um, But yeah, you got to ask questions. You got to figure out if you want to do it yourself. And if you don't want to do it yourself, you can, again, lean on someone like DHL or UPS or lean on someone like uh, Flexport that do this thing every single day. And uh, they're, they're just a wealth of information. So like I said, theamazingseller.com forward slash Flexport, check them out. Uh, you can tell them I sent you, but uh, I think they'll know that anyway um, if you're a TAS or so. Definitely check them out. All right, so that's what I would do. Good luck to you. Keep me posted on that. And hey, congratulations on getting started in this Amazon FBA private label, physical products world that we're, uh, that we're in right now, e-commerce, all that fun stuff. It's just a fun business model and I love it. And I don't think it's going anywhere. I think it's going to get better. And, uh, you know, that's what we're talking about here on this, uh, this podcast and on this show is really about how it's evolving and how things are changing. I mean, if you go all the way back to, you know, episode one to where we are now, I mean, so many things have changed, but it's still a thriving business model. And, uh, I think, you know, 
it's totally doable for a lot of people that understand what it will take. And, uh, you know, we've talked about that time and time again, uh, you know, as you with, as with any platform, things are going to change. You have to adapt and, uh, you know, you can adapt and, and conform. And then from there you can build a successful business on and off of these platforms. So yeah. All right. So a reminder on the message of today, fear, okay. Has two meanings, right? Forget everything and run or face everything and rise. Thank you, Zig Ziglar. All right, guys. So that is going to wrap up this episode. Remember, the show notes can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 472. If you guys are brand new and you have not attended one of our live workshops, I'll be doing a live workshop where I'm going to walk you through the five steps that we've used to create a six-figure brand, a business in less than five months. And I'm going to show you exactly what we did here during this workshop where it's kind of like a case study, but it's also a workshop because I'm giving you the play by play. So definitely check that out at theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. And I'll see you there. We'll answer some live questions and uh, we'll, we'll get all your, all your questions answered there. All right, guys. So that's it. That's going to wrap it up. Remember, as always, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you. But you have to, you have to, come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud, take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode.